This is On Target, a look at politics, crime, education, what's happening in Newfoundland and Labrador with the people who know. The views and opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of this station. And now your On Target host, Linda Swain. And a good afternoon. It's Greg Smith actually jumping in for Linda Swain here on this Monday. Today, I wanted to kind of dive into a few different conversations around arts and entertainment throughout Newfoundland and Labrador. There's a number of great things going to be happening this summer that I want to highlight. And we're going to start off in the beautiful community of Cupids, where we have on the line Danielle Irvine, Artistic Director with Perchance Theatre. Hi, Danielle. How are you? I'm well, Greg. Thank you. How are you? I am fantastic. It's exciting times. You guys are getting set very soon to, I guess, kick off this season of shows, hey? We are absolutely so excited. So grateful to be coming out the other side of this, yes. Yeah, for sure. We'll talk about this season in just a little bit, but do want to kind of, I guess, maybe for, for folks who aren't familiar with Perchance Theatre, uh, maybe in different parts of the province listening today, can you give us a little history of Perchance and where it all comes from? Perchance Theatre started in 2010. The founders were Brad Hodder, Aidan Flynn, and Jeff Adams. And they were um, invited to create kind of a, a Shakespeare company inspired by the uh, 2010 celebrations at Cupid. So they're kind of the, the first settlers who came here. And it was around the same time the Shakespeare party in England. And so the theater was inspired by that, and it looks like a combination between the ship the settlers built, we call the Endeavor, and the Globe Theater in London. It's this beautiful theater that's been named the number one of six most unique ways to experience Shakespeare in all of Canada. It's right here in Cupids. I'm standing here right now on Pointy Beach in beautiful uh, Cupids with the wind blowing. It's so nice. <laughs> Uh, and we do classical theater. We hire some of the provinces and nations and even international pop artists to come and um, build these stories. We you focus mainly on classical work, uh, which could be anything from Shakespeare to um, <clears throat> to Moliere to, in this case, the summer we also have Noel Coward. Uh, and we also feature new Newfoundland classic, new Newfoundland Labrador classics, like um, we have work in the past by Megan Gale Coles called Our Eliza, and this year we have Bernice Morgan of Random Passage fame with her very first play, um, and it's about Amelia Earhart's time in Japan. So we have a little something for everybody and, you know, family shows and uh, comedy, drama, you name it, we do it outside in the fresh air in beautiful Cupids. I got to say, the, the outside piece is, is fantastic. I just love the venue. It's so great, unique and inviting. <laughs> People love it. They come and they're like, it's so special. And it feels really intimate. Like you feel like the actors are talking right to you. And we try to create immersive experiences like the summer with the Tempest. You know, as, as we do many years with our Shakespeare's, we try to create a surround sound uh, and immersive experience for the audience, which is really, really fun. You know, and then, yeah. Yeah, yeah. no, it's amazing. And I know uh, kind of, I guess, as you mentioned, William Shakespeare a few times, you guys always do some Shakespeare. I remember yeah. just in the past, you've already done uh, shows I think like The Tempest you've done uh, yeah. you've done uh, ooh, I don't know Macbeth I guess Hamlet was the yeah. most recent one got another one on the on the agenda for this year uh, so let's talk a bit about this season's programs because I guess over the pandemic actually you guys had to, to adjust how you did things a little bit right? Oh boy did we ever I mean uh, in 2010 as you know we all met as artistic directors across the province on Zoom going you know what are we doing with our lives um, everybody had to shut down 
you know, uh, we all entered a state of panic trying to come up with ways to create work for audiences, you know, because art is a way to kind of help society moves through its problems and addresses problems and talk about its problems and also for our artists who are desperately looking for work and so our the first year we created this project called the power of one where we employed artists doing one monologue so it's one person in one beautiful location uh, and we went as far as Nunatsiva down to the south coast over to the northern pen um, and we used Shakespeare's monologues to look at Newfoundland today, but also Newfoundland today to look at Shakespeare's monologues. So we made it about history, culture, geography, and tourism. And we employed 41 artists and um, as performers, and we employed more as, as cinematographers and editors. And uh, it was a really exciting project. It was super well-received. We had tens of thousands of viewers. And that kind of got us. We released one a week all for 41 weeks. And it kind of got us through the front of first year of, wow. of this madness. And then this past year, we opened up the doors to world classics. So we had performers telling stories from all over the world in all these different languages. We had 24 of them. And they're still on our web. Both journeys are on our website now. And you can click and hear stories from all over the world. And we really kind of feel you know together in this mm -hmm. journey and uh and just reminding us as you know as humans how we have so much in common and yet we're all so different right and so those are the two big pandemic projects and then now we're heading back into the theaters this summer we were in last summer at limited capacity this summer our capacity is bigger it's still not full but uh yeah, we're back and we're opening this this weekend, actually, with our first show. Amazing. <laughs> it's very, very exciting stuff for sure. And, of course, we want folks to check out perchancetheater.com, by the way. I'll plug the website quickly. Yeah. Daniel Irvine's artistic director with Perchance Theater joining us here on On Target. Let's talk the season's run of shows, three shows in all, uh, opening, as you mentioned, this weekend, starting off with William Shakespeare's The Tempest. Oh, actually, no, that's our last to open, believe it or not. Oh, it is. Uh, Sorry, I'm looking at the wrong date here. Yep. I'm, I'm directing it. I need a bit more time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nope, the very first show that's opening is going to be by Bernice Morgan. Right. And it's directed by Sarah Phillips, and it's about Amelia Earhart. And it is um incredible story about, about ambition and dreams, you know, at that time when, uh, you know, aviation was just at its infancy and, you know, the world and the sky is the limit. And uh, at the same time, you know, for women, you know, uh, their roles were changing in society. And so it really looks at, it looks at that. It's a beautiful, intimate drama um, about, about that, about dreams and about aspiration. Mm -hmm. Plays for the rest of the summer. Uh, and then on July 14th, we're talking Coward, um, that's called Hay Fever. So people, a lot of people have heard of Bill Coward and heard of Hay Fever. It's a really ridiculous comedy of bad manners, and it's super fun, uh, guaranteed to make you laugh. And um, uh, and that opens July 14th with a, an all-star cast, again, of performers from all over the province. And... Um, and then we open The Tempest, The Shakespeare's The Tempest, which is a family show. Um, and that's uh, the least natural, the most magical. We have kind of a, something for all tastes, you know. And that one's starring Jody Richardson as Prospero. And he's also the sound designer uh, and composer for the whole season for all three shows. So you can hear his work um, in all three shows. Amazing. We actually have... Uh, 
our first time ever, we have a live bassoonist playing along with Hay Fever. So that's going to have, you know, kind of another character of the music is going to be in response to the action going on, which is going to be fun in Hay Fever. So we have a really musical season. And then The Tempest is also working a lot this year with movement, courtesy of Lynn Panting. Our design team, Tucker Ellis and Alan Miller, are returned again. So we've got this really exciting, uh, beautiful season, all set in the 20s, in the Roaring Twenties. Um, two of the plays are written and take place in that time, and then The Tempest is being set in that time. So we're kind of the Roaring Twenties, you know, which we think of as the 1920s is coming out of the Spanish flu in World War One, and, you know, here we are coming out of COVID. Yeah. In the, of the, the world is on fire, you know, and we need to to embrace life and kind of get back out there, and that's what the season And I got to say, you know, uh, the, the whole angle you guys take on doing the classics, I think that's fantastic. Great tie-in, obviously, with the Roaring Twenties there now. Uh, but let's talk about the importance of doing kind of like a look and a take on the classics uh, from your eyes, because obviously it still resonates with a lot of people today. They're, they're classics for a reason, right? Yeah. Thank you for asking. It's it's. Uh, a lot of people think, oh, my God, you know, it happened 400 years ago. The language is really hard. And, you know, for something like Shakespeare, you absolutely, you know, the language has shifted. I mean, I always tell my students, you know, when they say sick and when I say sick, they're two different words, right? <laughs> and that's not that long. So help me. Um, but, um, yeah, we like language has shifted, but humans haven't. Right. You know, we still feel love and passion and uh, and vengeance and ambition. And so these classics are told with such power that they resonate today because they really capture the human experience. And so, you know, for something like The Tempest, which is about betrayal and revenge and forgiveness, uh, that journey, you know, uh, we relate to that. I mean, everybody can relate to that on some level if they've been betrayed or if they feel, you know, such um, a need for vengeance and then and then to come around to forgiveness, right? Um, and so that those stories are uh, still relevant today. And we always try to, with our stories, make them relevant to Newfoundland and where we are in society. So this year, of course, we're really focusing on Newfoundland, the 20th, and coming out of the pandemic. And so our, that lens is in all three shows. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and, you know, in, in, in the past, you know, we've set, you know, we've set things with strong Newfoundland accents. And, you know, we did 12th Night number of years ago, and we really infused it with mummering. And, you know, people came and saw this. And they, we had you know, the whole show start with, and they mummers allowed in. And, like, people... Oh my God! You know, I recognize myself up here, and um, and it makes it accessible. We hope, you know, and welcoming, and uh, still at the same time, um, a healthy challenge to kind of, you know, at, you know, push our brains a bit and. And that's good, too. So yeah. yeah, for sure. And obviously, you know, having that little connection to home fits perfectly well, too, because hopefully a lot of people are coming home this year for come home year. Come home year. Exactly. Yeah. And and to come back and see um, our province and, and what it means to us, uh, you know, our home, whether it's it's we lo- or love the ocean, the whales, the rocks, the fresh air or the community and how we debate and think and talk. And I mean, that is you know, when Shakespeare was writing, that's when our province was first, you know, the settlers were kind of coming here and starting um, their communities alongside, you know, the indigenous people who were already here. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the, the sense of debate and language and conversation that's kind of, you know, identified as, as a Newfoundland thing 
came right out of the, those people who came over here in 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 you know that in sixteen in the early sixteen hundreds, and it's that same sense of debate. And even our accent, if you kind of Google original pronunciation, uh, it sounds like they're from the Bay, right? So that's always a kind of a fun fun look into the language. It kind of makes it more accessible to us. And and then the reason the other reason why these world classics and the classics that we tell either here or through the Power of One series resonate is is that human experience, right? Mm-hmm. And how, especially looking from country to country, culture to culture, you know, where we are as people, is you know, we're, it's what are the stories that we pass down generation to generation? What are the stories we want our children to, you know, read or watch or listen to? And they are strikingly similar, whether it's instructional, uh, some of the stories are, or magical, talking about the moon, um, uh, talking about family, uh, it's it's what brings us together, and it's incredible how similar we are, and yet how different. You know, in one of our world classics, there's a whole story from Uganda about burying the axe. They actually talk about the whole story about burying the axe, but it in their story is it marks the divide between these two brothers and ever after these two brothers and their their clans their families are forever separated by the burial of the axe whereas we often talk about burying the axe as the end is the end of an argument you know mm-hmm. and it's so cool like it clearly somewhere along the way somebody had a conversation about that you know and yeah. and whether you know we you know here in north america took that story and twisted it, or if we all in, di- in different continents came up with the same idea, same story, but different different journeys. Who knows? Who's to say? Yeah. But it's fascinating to think about, right? Yeah, for sure. That's really cool. Yeah, well, lots to think about there, Danielle. And of course, we want people to come on by and experience everything Perchance has to offer uh, this summer, of course. Uh, as the website says, actually, the new Roaring Twenties are coming to Cupid's this summer. We want people to check it out, perchancetheater.com for show details, ticket information, the box office too, by the way, 771 771- 2930. Danielle Irvine's on the line, artistic director with Perchance Theatre. Thanks so much for joining us here on On Target today. Thank you so much for having me. It's lovely to talk with you, Greg. All right. Great talking to you as well. Just one of the many great pieces of what's happening around Newfoundland and Labrador this summer when it comes to our arts community. We're going to continue, actually, more conversations this hour around arts and entertainment this summer in Newfoundland and Labrador with one of my favorite things to take in every summer. I was on the board for a number of years, so very close to my heart, the Newfoundland and Labrador Folk Festival. Executive Director of the Newfoundland and Labrador Folk Festival, Sean Panting, is joining us after the break here on your VOCM. Join us for On Target, one hour in which Linda Swain examines topics that mean the most to you. On Target, weekday afternoons at 1 on your VOCM. Welcome back to On Target. Greg Smith jumping in for Linda Swain here today, and we are going to continue our conversations around the arts and entertainment of Newfoundland and Labrador. I had a great chat uh, to kick off this hour with Perchance Theatre and Danielle Irvine, and as I was uh, teeing up our next guest and we got off the phone, Danielle was saying how much she loves this festival as much as I do, and I know our next guest really loves it too because my time on the board, I always saw him in the crowd and playing and now he's the executive director of the newfoundland and labrador folk art society how you doing sean pending well i'm all right you know busy but excellent right because yeah. we're back in the park uh you know for the first time in, <laughs> in a few years so yeah. um everybody's just so everybody's really delighted you know yeah well you guys are saying it right back home and you're so happy to be back home hey 
Oh man, it's incredible. And it, and and for the and for the community at large, you know, this is one of those uh, this is one of those events that's about more than what's going on on the stage. Even you know, mm-hmm. this this is about people getting together. This is. Uh, it's a real community event uh, for the people who live in the neighborhood and for people all over town, you know. Yeah, for sure. This is actually the 46th annual, which is uh, amazing. Uh, we got a fantastic lineup, which we'll talk about in just a bit. But you're right. This is really a community festival, and it is more than just what's happening on the main stages and on those small tents and everything else, too. Uh, kind of walk us through the festival and, and all the pieces that, that kind of bring it together because there's so much to take in. Absolutely. Well, I mean, uh, the um, the evening uh, concerts are, uh, you know, as as you'd expect, they're, uh, you know, they they start at seven o'clock in the evening and um, and uh, feature uh, all kinds of performers from uh, all over Newfoundland and, and across the country as well. Um, but uh, in the daytime, starting at ten o'clock, we have uh, we have uh, the workshop tents. Um, where you know people learn about uh, uh, the Newfoundland storytelling uh, tradition, and you get to see a little of our our, our dance uh, tradition, and you know, and uh, and see our instrumentalists uh, up close and personal. Watch some of the best players uh, anywhere uh, rip it up, uh, uh, which is grand. You know, and we have uh, concessions all around the all around the site. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a it's sort of a great day out, you know, for the uh, for the family. Yeah, it really is. Uh, there is something there for everyone. Looking at the lineup, of course, for this year, uh, great uh, selection of people from you know home, uh, homegrown talent, but right across the country too. That's one thing I love about the festival. It really connects us musically with so many different uh, things that are going on right across the country, not just here at home. Oh yeah, well, I mean that's uh, that's that's absolutely true. Uh, the focus, I mean, we are it is run by the uh, by the Newfoundland and Labrador Folk Arts Society, so uh, we're all about the folk arts in Newfoundland and Labrador. But um, we're all about reaching out and expanding that too, you know, and um, and inviting uh, inviting artists from elsewhere to come and uh, and show us what they got, um, and also just I- expanding. What it means to be a, a to be a Newfoundland artist, you know, um, on the uh, on the main stage on Friday night, you know, we have uh, we have uh, the Kubasonics, and that's uh, you know, their uh, the music is uh, Ukrainian uh, in origin, but uh, you know, this is this is part of the Newfoundland culture. This is part of the landscape now, you know, and we have uh, contributions from uh, from. Uh, all kinds of of uh, uh members of the community that's you know maybe not what you would traditionally uh, associate with uh, fiddles and accordions and, and and that kind of stuff you know the what it changes it's it's um what it means to be um Newfoundland culture you know is is changing yeah, it really is. Uh, here's an interesting, I guess, question for you, Sean. You obviously now, you know, kind of being involved with the planning and the execution of the festival. You've been an attendee for years. As I mentioned off the top, I've seen you in the park for many years. You've been on the stage countless times. Take us through the, the through the mindset of a musician, though, performing and what it means to these musicians that are coming in and being able to perform to such a, a great community festival. Well, this is uh, this is just it, you know. I mean, uh, if you play folk music, particularly, I mean, if you're from Newfoundland and Labrador and you play folk music, this is the stage that you want to be on. 
looking out over that crowd in the park, particularly when the weather is beautiful, which of course it will be. Um, <laughs> but uh, as a musician, the it, there's there's a real sense of, and I mean, it may sound cheesy, but it's absolutely true. There's a real sense of community. There's a real sense of having a bond and a common purpose. And, you know, you're running into people backstage uh, that maybe you don't get to see all the time. And it's it's a pretty magical experience from the from the point of view of of being a musician, you know, Um, it's it's gorgeous. And you and then, you know, when when people come uh, into the province from away and you, uh, you know, you you get to see you get to see people um, at the top of their game as instrumentalists, you know, that's inspiring. That's inspiring. Yeah, I know we mentioned the word community a lot, but it really is a, like a mini community backstage when all the musicians are getting together uh, just before they hit the stage and stuff. It, it's so great to see, you know, because, I mean, as we, we, we all know, I mean, the music community is so close-knit here, right? And it's great to see everybody kind of get together. And everybody loves us coming to the festival for, for all things, whether it is that traditions tent, uh, you know, the partner stage is something that's going on, and then you have the, the Neil Murray stage, which I absolutely love because, I mean, you think about all the people, all the young talent has gone through that Neil Murray stage, and they're now like main stage headliners years later it's fantastic the the kind of musicians that you've developed through the folk festival yeah well that that that, that true truly yeah the neil murray stage is uh is is a really major part of what uh the folk festival is about and what the folk art society does and um we're we're doing that uh year round you know trying to develop talent and given uh, giving young performers an opportunity to get on stage, yes, but also an opportunity to meet each other. You know, this is where the this is where the bands get formed. You know, there's not quite there's not there's not as much of a tradition these days of uh, you know uh, kids and uh, teenagers uh, sitting around the kitchen table and uh, you know learn to play from their grandparents. Those uh, a bunch of that stuff does go on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this sort of provides them with an opportunity to 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 meet other people who are into what they're into, um, and and form those kind of musical bonds. That's that's where you get the that's where you get the bands, you know, yeah. in five years and ten years down the road. Yeah, for sure. I'm just going through the lineup as we're talking here for, for all these stages, and you got some great folks coming uh, this weekend. Uh, obviously, uh, we mentioned some local names like the Kubasonics and Sherry Ryan. Uh, we're going to see uh, folks like Fretboard Journey, which I I mean, can't even say enough about them, the four best guitar players you'll ever hear. Uh, the Once, of course, headlining Saturday night. Uh, then on Sunday, of course, uh, just looking ahead, we got uh, the Masters Men, uh, Jane Batstone, a great up and coming young talent. Rosemary Lawton's going to be on the stage Sunday. Afternoon. Then you got folks from away like Villages out of, out of Cape Breton, Rose Cousins coming down, uh, and, and all these other great bands. I mean, it's hard to choose. I've been on that programming committee to, to book these festivals in the past. When people apply and when you're going through, through acts that you want to put on the stage, it is so hard to dwindle it down. But I mean, what a lineup you got this year, Sean. It's fantastic. Oh yeah, it's great. And all credit to to our programming committee, as you mentioned, and especially to the artistic director, uh, Mary Beth Waldrum. She's really, she really went face and eyes into it. She takes her job really, really seriously, and she's great at it. You know, and there's a and because people have had a couple of years off um, 
the artists have um, and you know and, and every festival in the country is kind of getting back up and running there was pretty fierce competition for artists you know um, so we're always uh, looking a year or two ahead even to yeah. see who we who we might want to we might want to snag before somebody else uh, books them. I mean, it's a fantastic complaint to have that you have that you have so much so much talent you don't know what to do with it all. You know. Yeah, one hundred percent. Sean Panting, by the way, joining us here from the Newfoundland and Labrador Folk Art Society, Newfoundland and Labrador Folk Festival, forty sixth annual in Bannerman Park this weekend. Uh, I know you guys moved it to July uh, from August a few years ago, but is this actually the first time it's going to take place in July in the park? Because did the pandemic hit before we could do that? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. So uh, there's been a there's been a kind of a, a, a digital version of the festival and and some hybrid events where you know uh, people who were comfortable showing up in small numbers could and other people could stream. So uh, that's been the system for the last couple of years. And uh, I, I gotta say the the audience has been remarkably flexible about uh, about getting. Uh, you know, getting to see the artists uh, for the past couple of years. You know, that's a, that's that's a that's a lot of change for everyone. Um, but yeah, this is uh, uh, having it in person in the park. Yeah, this is our this is our first July doing it. Amazing. Well, it all kicks off. I keep saying this weekend, but really, you guys have stuff happening as of Wednesday. The uh, the kickoff launch session at the Ship Pub uh, with my brother in law Graham Wells and, and Colin Kerrigan. Uh, they're going to be playing at the Ship. We've got uh, Folk Festival Thursday night coming up at the Ship again, and then of course then the whole thing kicks off in Bannerman Park from there. The full lineup at nlfolk.com. Uh, tickets still available, uh, of course, too if you want to check out any particular session or weekend passes available, right? That is absolutely correct. Uh, NLfolk.com. You can just go there and uh, grab your tickets for whatever session or the full weekend, yes. Awesome. NLfolk.com. I'll keep reiterating that throughout the days to come because I love the Newfoundland and Labrador Folk Festival. And boy, oh boy, it is going to be good to be home this weekend, Sean, in Bannerman Park. (laughs) Agreed. Agreed, Greg. Awesome. Listen, man, you have a great weekend. I will see you in the park. All right. See you over there. All right. Sean Panting joins us from the Newfoundland and Labrador Folk Art Society. This weekend, Newfoundland and Labrador Folk Festival is back. NLFolk.com. We continue with On Target. More guests coming up here this afternoon on your VOCM. Saturday morning, join us for the Irish Newfoundland Show. Send your request to irishnl at vocm.com or submit them online at vocm.com. And welcome back to On Target. It is uh, Greg Smith for Linda Swain today, and we've had a couple of great conversations already. Perchance Theatre out in Cupid's kicked off this past weekend. Some great shows happening this summer, of course. The Newfoundland and Labrador Folk Festival is going to be entertaining music fans on the East Coast this weekend. It all kicks off, actually, in Bannerman Park. And on the West Coast, well, we got you covered there, too. This is uh, a great, great run of shows with the Cormac Concert Series. It started back in mid-June. On the line, I've got a couple of folks to talk on about this. Roseanne Brake, good afternoon to you. Hi, how are you, Greg? I'm doing great. And of course, Rex Brown on the line as well. Hey, Rex. Hi. Uh, Hello from Cornerbrook. Yes, listen, you guys are doing it right there on the West Coast with this concert series. Uh, I guess, Roseanne, let's start with you because you're kind of the brainchild of this uh, whole thing. Uh, Let's talk a bit about the history, how it all came to be, because this is only year two. Uh, Yeah, um, you know, we wanted to find a way to highlight Cormac's history, I guess. Yes, and uh, give it a bit of a stage and just uh, 
a conversation with uh, the other person involved with this series is Paul Dean. He's actually my cousin, so, of course, he's great friends with Rex Brown. We thought, you know, who knows more entertainers than Rex Brown (laughs) after uh, putting the March Hare together for a number of years. So uh, we decided to uh, put together a series, and, you know, we didn't go with one or two concerts we decided to to make it uh, give it a bit of impact i guess and we started with 16 shows amazing yeah it seemed like it went really well last year well received hey it was um you know it was new it was uh we were still dealing with COVID as we still are this year um but uh you know, great audience from uh, Cornerbrook, Pasadena, Deer Lake area. Uh, you know, the concert was is so well received. Uh, the audience is so engaged, and uh, you know, it, it's a fabulous uh, show, really. Something for everyone there, Rex. When I look at the lineup of what you've already had on stage this year, I mean, I'm kind of sad I missed this one. Shirley Montague and Dave Padden back in mid June. Craig Young was there this past weekend. I mean, great stuff all ready and so many more things still to come uh, we've had 19 shows now last year 16 and 3 this year and uh, all of the shows have been absolutely uh, 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 fantastic you know the uh, the talent is uh, is superb and uh, we're not going to lower the bar any on this Sunday for sure where we have uh, Fergus O'Byrne and uh, and Jim Payne uh, they're, uh, uh, you know, you know, uh, actually gems, aren't they? For the, uh, uh, you know, they're provincial treasures. My cripes, they're national treasures, for God's sake, the two of them, you know, and, uh, and they perform so well together. So uh, uh, that's the type of thing that we're uh, offering. We've got uh, uh, the Kippers from the Stephenville area uh, on July the 17th, and then... Uh, on the 24th, we've got uh, Keith Murphy and his wife, who unfortunately, uh, her name slips my mind at the moment. Uh, Becky uh, Keith Tracy? Is, uh, pardon, uh, Roseanne? Uh, Keith Murphy and Becky Tracy. Becky Tracy, okay, yeah. right, to give the lady her uh, her due. <laughs> Keith is originally from uh, uh, St. John's, but they're living down in New Hampshire now. Wow. And uh, they come uh, highly recommended by Anita Best, and uh, who better than Anita Best uh, to uh, recommend uh, talent uh, to uh, uh, put on stage for right. the uh, uh, for the, the public who are into uh, folk music and storytelling and uh, and all this wonderful part of uh, of the Newfoundland cultural scene. Rosanna, realize take this right into October, hey? Yeah, yeah, October 9th is our last uh, show, actually. The other thing we try to do, Greg, is uh, highlight everything that we have local in our community. Uh, Got some great things happening with the Cormac D Company, a lovely new craft shop open there. We uh, sell craft beers at our shows from uh, Crooked Feeder, uh, sea salt and twig uh, often comes along to sell some of their uh, homemade jewelry and products. Uh, the Settlement NL has some great uh, farm fresh product. We have our own cheese maker there now, Five Brothers Cheese. Adam Blanchard is set up in our community, and, and we have two abattoirs countryside abattoir and D&D farms so as the season progresses we're going to have uh, 
some of those operators uh, attend our concerts as well and sell some of their product and stuff, so that's great. New thing we've added this year is kind of a heritage moment to introduce each show. Um, you know, Cormac has a wonderful uh, history, um, having been settled by the Second World War veterans and their war brides. So at the beginning of each show, we introduce a, a little piece of Cormac's history. So I tell everybody they got to come to every show to connect all the dots and, and learn all about our history, right? Well, it's all about getting them to come back for sure. And it seems like <laughs> Cormac is just booming out there with everything that you just mentioned that you have going on with all these local yeah. shops. It's really nice to hear. It's the spot to be on a Sunday afternoon, I think. A nice draw. Like I said, Cornerbrook, Pasadena is a great audience for us. A nice, uh, nice drive. Lots of things to see and look at in our community. You can you can spend the day there, really. Well, I was going to say you can spend the day there. A nice spot for a Sunday afternoon if you're nearby. But you actually, I mean, are well set up for folks to come from all over the province and from wherever they really set up camp for yeah. for a few days, aren't you? You got lots yeah. of accommodations and stuff. For sure, yeah, yeah. We have uh, four operators in in the community. Uh, just getting back to something that uh, that Roseanne uh, said, you know, like uh, uh, she's making uh, an effort to, uh, uh, you know, to add this uh, cultural com- uh, component to her uh, community, you know, to make uh, uh, Cormac a uh, a place to go. So I think that uh, I'm being just a little tiny bit facetious here now. <laughs> I think her ultimate aim is that uh, is that when people are uh, heading for the uh, the Port of Basque Ferry to leave the province, or when they uh, come over to the province on the on the uh, the, the Port of Basque Ferry, is that they incorporate uh, Sunday afternoon in Cormac as part of their uh, as part of their route. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, I, I'm actually really, uh, you know, intrigued, but I'm not really 100% familiar with the community of Coromac. I know you guys are kind of, I guess, just outside of Deer Lake there. Uh, but maybe for, for our listeners, just kind of give us a little idea of the history of that you guys do explore there on Sundays. Well, uh, Coromac uh, is, a, is a different type of uh, community in that basically uh, there's a, a long road uh, that uh, just stretches off the road down the Buren Peninsula. And, uh, you know, being uh, set up as a farming community originally, uh, you know, you just have a, a series of, uh, of uh, farms, which w- at one stage, uh, there, there's not so many active farms now, although there are, of course, active farms there. Uh, but the place is just spread, uh, uh, you know, uh, up and down the road. It runs about eight or nine kilometers. And uh, there's really no uh, village uh, as such, but they have this absolutely awesome uh, community center, which is a real uh, gem of a uh, of a building uh, replete with uh, stage and uh, and all of the uh, facilities for putting on a great concert. Uh, mm-hmm. A performance. So uh, basically, uh, uh, what'll happen is, uh, you know, people just get this lovely drive uh, through this uh, rural area and end up at a, a gorgeous uh, community center. And, uh, you know, they just take in the. Uh, 
the the show that we have on the singers and the uh, musicians and the storytellers and uh, and whomever we have on that particular week and then of course they uh, uh, they get a chance to uh, interact with uh, some of the vendors from uh, uh, the area with their uh, with their local uh, products so yeah. the idea is is to uh, you know, offer a lovely uh, Sunday afternoon outing. What really gave you guys that uh, drive to want to bring Cormac back into the limelight? Um, you know, I have my own business in Cormac, Rocky Brook Acres. We rebranded last year. Uh, it's a family business I grew up in, and, you know, people would come and stay with us, and they would, you know, unless you had that opportunity to have that one-on-one conversation with them you know they'd come and stay and they really knew nothing about our community and and they'd leave not knowing anything about their history so we rebranded last year and trying to uh, so we built you know storyboards into our business that told stories of our of our war brides and whatnot so we wanted to take that to another level then and find a stage to uh, you know, uh, tell the story of Cormac uh, to mm-hmm. to an audience, and you know, everyone loves music. I love traditional music, so you know, really, that's how it started. Uh, conversation with Rex and Paul, and let's do this. Uh, you know, one thing I love about the the series, I mean, you can't beat live and un- live entertainment for one thing, but. You know, uh, the artists, uh, I, I said yesterday again when Craig was uh, telling stories about, you know, different songs he wrote and why he wrote them, one of the one of my favorite things is, is the stories that come from the artists as well about, uh, you know, the history of a song or why they wrote a song, that sort of thing. And it's a very, very... Uh, personal sort of a concert where you know we have an intermission and the artist gets you know has a, an opportunity to speak directly to the audience and and they love that right yeah i was going to say you get a really a really intimate show right yeah for sure yeah that's amazing yeah, yeah it's a wonderful yeah. thing that you guys are certainly doing out there i gotta ask you it has come home here so are you guys seeing a big intake a big uptake there in, in Coromac for for reservations and stuff for the year yeah, I mean, we certainly uh, the, picked up uh, probably three three weeks or more ahead of where we would be uh, in a normal season, right? Mm-hmm. So lots of tourists traveling, and, and it started uh, earlier this year. Yeah, must be uh, welcome, I guess, too, after the last few years, I mean, coming out of the pandemic and having such yeah. a gem of an idea like this to come out yeah. of the pandemic with must be like a yeah. win-win, really. Yeah, I mean, Greg, there's uh, there's almost 100 bus tours passing right by our doorstep every summer, so we've actually invited in a couple of bus tours that we knew were in the area uh, mm-hmm. for our first two shows, and it was really well-received by them. Uh, you know, and that's our hope eventually that we can pull some of these off the highway, uh, you know, come in and take in uh, the series that we're putting on. And uh, I, I should also mention as well, uh, you know, this year we uh, we were able to obtain uh, funding uh, from the province with the assistance of the Come Home Your Cultural Funding Program uh, offered through the Department of Tourism, Culture, Arts and Recreation. So 
that was a great boost to be able to put this off again this year uh, and provide another product for uh, tourists traveling in the area and, and uh, our locals, right? Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Uh, Rex, before we uh, sign off here, I'm going to get you back in here again because I want you to promote again what's coming up, I guess, maybe this weekend and maybe the rest of the summer. Encourage some folks to come on out. Check out the Cormac Concert Series. Yeah, well, the, uh, the key thing, Greg, is that... Uh, we're on every Sunday afternoon at 2 p.m. in the Cormac uh, Community Center. So uh, we're uh, totally reliable in terms of uh, time and place. And uh, we guarantee a quality show every Sunday. Every Sunday is different, uh, but uh, we know that every show is absolutely excellent. We've got uh, Fergus O'Byrne and Jim Payne on the uh, 10th of July. We've got the Kippers from the Stephenville area on the 17th of July. And then we've got uh, the uh, lovely couple from New Hampshire on the, uh, the 24th. And uh, on the 31st of July, uh, we got uh, Cormac's own uh, Fred Shepard, uh, who's a fantastic storyteller, and he's going to have uh, uh, Stephanie Payne alongside uh, to sing a few songs. And then uh, we start out uh, August with Sherman Downey, and on it goes uh, right up until uh, until Thanksgiving. Amazing. So, and, uh, and we'll say, by the way, because I know you're not going to mention it yourself, but Rex is playing September 4th with Lloyd Bartlett. It's Labor Day weekend, so just just going to put that out, because I know you're too too modest to do it yourself, so I'm going to plug you well, in. Well, uh, uh, it's such a treat. Lloyd and I did a show last year, and it went over really well, and it's such an honor uh, to be able to tell a few of my uh, uh, stories, uh, you know, in between uh, Lloyd's playing that phenomenal classical guitar that he plays. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's a fantastic musician, and he's such a wonderful, wonderful man uh, uh, to work with. And, uh, yeah, and I, I get to perform a little bit later on, on the 2nd of October. Uh, Paul, Dean, and I are going to tell our stories, and we might even sing a song doing sort of a bit of an Al Pittman theme and uh, wow. merely Pittman, Al's wife, is going to read some of Al's poems. She'll uh, merely will feature Al's poems, and Paul and I will feature some of Al's prose. And uh, uh, we're really looking forward uh, to uh, doing that in October. People want to, I guess, maybe check out the lineup uh, moving forward, plan some visits, uh, get their tickets in advance, and stuff like that. So, give us the details on how people can do it. Yeah, so uh, they can go on Eventbrite, uh, look for the Cormac Sunday Concert Series. All of our shows pop up there, and they can book tickets directly on Eventbrite. They can call us direct at our toll-free number at one eight seven seven six three five seven two five five, or email us uh, at info at rockybrookacres.com to uh, rever- reserve a seat. Roseanne Brake and Rex Brown, thank you for this. Really enjoyed the conversation. <laughs> thank you so much, Greg. Thanks Great for having us. You, Greg. Weekday mornings from 530 to 9. Jumpstart your day with Jerry Lynn Mackey and Ben Murphy. Newsmakers, traffic, weather, and more during your VOCM morning show. And well, that's going to really do it for us today. Great conversations with the Gourmet Concert Series there. Rex and Roseanne. We had Sean Panting, El Chorus of the Newfoundland and Labrador Folk Festival earlier this hour, and Daniel Irvine kicking off this hour from Perchance Theater. Great things to take in this summer all around the arts and entertainment.
segment of our province with many other things happening too. And if you do have something happening, of course, VOCM wants to know about it. You can email those details to PSA at VOCM.com. I'm Greg Smith. It's been a blast hanging out with you here on On Target today. Thanks for listening. Have a great day.